This episode of About That is brought to you by Castillo de Montijo Enterprises. Read more about this family in the house on Calle Sombra. Brought to you by Penguin Random House Southeast Asia. Available at a book retailer's near you. Or through Amazon globally. Wait, can I just get water, Muna? No, take your time. I'm with sisters Tweet and Tara Sering. How long is my pop going to be? I get bitten if it's like 30 minutes because it's not long enough to you soundtrack don't. my walk. And no, we are not talking about walks or the length of podcasts. Like a K-drama, we'll keep going until the conversation has reached its rightful end. Should I introduce myself now? This one's not just for the fans of recent hit show K-Love, which the Sering sisters wrote but for all the writers and dreamers out there. My name is Tara Serene, and I am a writer. I do travel journalism, and then I do fiction much more before than now, although I'm getting back to it. And then now, um, I'm also a screenwriter. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tweet Serene. I'm a writer. I'm a book author and also a screenwriter. But I'm still super tickled by that name. It's a new thing to add to your, your resume, isn't it? I'm going to ask you guys to tell me all about that, but let's begin with the fact that you guys are sisters and you're both writers. Did you grow up in a house full of writers? Is it in your lineage? I mean, I wouldn't say like family of writers, but definitely both sides, my mom's family and my dad's family. They were all really big storytellers. Like a lot of the stories that we know of, like where we come from, etc. They, I mean, it's sort of like an oral tradition that happens every time they get together. Like there's a lot of storytelling going around. I think that's where it comes from. But maybe Tweet has other theories. No, I agree. They love to tell stories and they were very good at it. When they told the stories, they stuck. You know, the stories stuck in our head. So it became part of like the family myth. And then they they told it in such a way that it became part of our story as well. So we'd forget, like, we think it's our story. You know, like we, we, we would refer to certain instances, like it happened to us. You remember that time? What do you mean remember that time? It didn't happen to you. It happened to Lola Mama. I <laughs> then, So yeah, so yeah, my grandmother on our mom's side, okay, she was an English teacher in this small province of Surigao in Mindanao, Philippines. And she wrote a column for the local paper, Woman Sense. Yeah, she had a PhD, she had a master. She was she was really an educator. She and her sister. And I we actually didn't realize this by until later, no, until later that we that we were surrounded by that. Like there were yeah. lots of books everywhere we went. And seeing her write was such a just a fact of life, you know. And what did you think it gave you or brought to your growing up or to your childhood? This being surrounded by storytellers. And I love it. The fact that it, it is, in a sense, as you were saying, the oral tradition of passing down also the family myths, as it were. And the myths of other families <laughs> in the <laughs> province. Yeah, well, that's another say, a way of saying gossip. Yeah. <laughs> Let's stick with it's myths. a nicer myths. way of I like it that. Yes. It's like, <laughs> the, the myths of other families gossip. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Small town cheesums. Small right. town gossip. Cheesemis. And they kept getting repeated. Like every time. Same stories all the time. Because they were also really funny. So... Yeah, but they were legends. But they were, they were these characters that we all knew even if we never met them. So when we finally met them, they're like, oh, that's you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... Because like I would keep repeating the stories, the Balexi. I'm not gonna name them. I'm not gonna name them. <laughs> Here we go. Family myth number one. <laughs> but how did you when did you kind of decide that this is what you might wanna do as a profession? I'm not sure if it, if it was even like a, a conscious decision. It just felt natural. Yeah. You know, there was no it, yeah, it, it it wasn't like a big oh, I'm gonna be this. It just felt like I. Th- this is this is what I know to do, and it didn't feel out of the ordinary, because it was like you were swimming in it, you know. So it's it's like the fish not knowing that they're in water until they have to get out of the. And you water. you're older, right, Tweet? So were you the first one to kind of go into it professionally? I don't think so. No. I'm not sure. No, because I know I wrote my first book. When I was nine, remember okay. that by Mystery the, of the Ringing Bells. The Ringing Bells. <laughs> it was a Nancy Drew knockoff fanfic, <laughs> complete with the blonde girl on the cover. Oh my gosh! So, yes. Yeah, I, I put it together and then I sent it. We were still in Surigao. I sent it to my dad in Manila, and he was studying for the bar at that time for the bar exams. I sent it to him, and then I just said, "Can you have this published?" It was as natural as that. I never thought it wouldn't be. It, it it wasn't even in my you know realm of consciousness that it, it wasn't gonna happen. You know, I, I just knew I was gonna have a book. I just knew. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward like how many years first published book actually came out and how old were you then? 29 or 30. So to answer well, to answer your question, no, I don't think I was the first one because Tara was taking um creative writing classes. The bye-bye, weren't you? And you were she was being published. I think yeah so for me it was like this was all I wanted to do or all I knew how to do plus I got encouragement along the way like oh yeah you know you write well so I was like okay great um the only question was how to make a living out of that so that was the only challenge like how do you make money from writing you don't um that was the first uh realization so then you had to well I get that I'll qualify that answer, but then you have to go into other things like other creative fields. So that's how I ended up in um, magazine publishing. But like I studied literature in university, I went on to take a master's in creative writing and I was writing short stories. So, yes, like I was doing it professionally because I think I was getting paid 700 pesos wow. <laughs> for a story. It is, honestly, I've got to say it is criminal what writers get paid for yes. the amount of effort and yeah. experience yeah. and yeah. knowledge that goes into what you are crafting. Yeah, exactly. So which is why now in the age of social media, I'm super rooting for those who are like, building empires out of like doing their own promotion you know getting into the business side of it but that's another thread that we can explore later because how then do you guys move from you've you've talked about now you both started out writing books 
Tara, you moved on to travel writing and uh, being the editor for magazines. So it was still writing of a different nature that then could at least keep you salaried, I would yes. presume, right? Yeah. Tweet, you went into advertising. Yeah, I went, I went into advertising straight out of school, college. My training was broadcast communication, but I also, I couldn't actually imagine myself working for network TV. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And then my mom saw this ad for, you know, copywriters and she just wanted to get me out of the house. Right. So I did. I applied. And then parang, Ay, this is so fun. I realized oh, I love this. I love doing this. So, yeah. I, and I thought I was going to stay there for a bit. But that was all of three years. Okay. And then that was my longest regular job. All in no, all, how many books do you have out? Three. Three. And Tara, you have quite a few as well. Um, I think four, four or five. Are you sure? Bye. Parang more. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm fair. So there's Reconnaissance, which is a book of short stories. And then Getting Better, which is a novella. Almost Married, which is a sequel. Between Dinner in the Morning After, which is like another book. And then Amazing Grace, which was published in Singapore by, by um, oh my gosh, I can't remember their name. Marshall Cavendish. So, yeah, so five. Yeah. Was it? No, there's oh. another one, diba? Um, One with, with Lil, Lil Bosse. Oh, yes, six. So it's wow. that. No, that was a choose your own adventure book. I always forget that because it's, um, it's sort of like a different genre. It's like YA. Um, right it was choose your own do you have favorite genres like to write in huh i love ya (laughs) i don't do it very often so i think i'm gonna go back to that um because it really feels like play so it's you're really yeah but i mean most things feel like play chick lit feels like play which is another genre that i love um so we were writing a lot of chick lit a tweet for you I've not written as much as Tara, so I don't know if I have favorites, but the ones that I've written so far, one is Chiclet, and then the other one is uh, a memoir. And then I haven't written YA, although it's a favorite of mine to read. I love to read YA. Yeah, that's it. So I, I read personal read- essays. You do personal essays. Yes. Creative what has it meant for each of you? To be able to write and share this with an audience, with a readership. Because it takes a certain kind of person as well to put all of this out there. To open yourself up to reviews and responses. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know any other way. It feels like it's what I was born to do. It it feels like the most natural thing for me. I don't know. I, I really, it's the most fulfilling thing for me, actually. So if there are other stuff that come up, like of course the criticism, the you know you people who don't like it, or or some other family you know members feel exposed, <laughs> then I think it's just learning to be peaceful with that, you know, just finding a way to look at that as part of. For me, it's truth telling, so. If I don't do that, then I'm not telling the truth. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Tara, but, is it as deep for you? It's a version of that. Um, for me, not so much 
truth telling but i i think that's part of it for me but it's a way to process things i once told a friend i don't know what people who travel do with other trips if they don't write like it's such a waste <laughs> and I was, being a, I was being a dick about that but i just meant like sort of what do you do with all those experiences if you don't write i guess but i'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of other things you can do with it but that was just a way of saying that for me i don't know how to do any i mean all these experiences i don't know what to do with them unless i i write and then process that's such an interesting way i've never verbalized it like that but i absolutely get your point i completely get your point i'm not poo-pooing other people who no, don't I write. that's not what i mean <laughs> no but it's also like what like for me when i was out reporting i still had to write separate to what i was already doing professionally like there yeah. was a live report then there was the package report and then i had to do the report that was going to go online but on top of all of that i also had a separate journal with just stuff that was you know mine I suppose. Yeah. And you had yeah. a lot to process because you were in very difficult situations, right? You were like a yes. conflict reporter. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's true. And it, it was. It was almost like a therapy session by yourself. Or it was a way to even just look at what you had just seen. Yeah. How many in a very different way. I, you know, it's weird. I don't know. I even have things in scraps of paper. You know, the kind where you oh, just grab whatever you can and write down anything that might come to mind. I wish I'd organized it more, but I, I didn't. So that's kind of my failing now. And I'm trying to just gather all the notes that I can and organize them in a sense. Because it's almost like if I can't find the note, I don't remember it. Mm. Yeah. 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 And do you also find yourself sort of recasting something that's happening to you in the moment, but in the third person in your head? Like while it's... Okay. <laughs> No, I'm thinking now. I'm like, oh, what's happening to you? Say you're like in a weird situation in the supermarket, and then all of a sudden you're like narrating now what's happening. You're already using it. Yeah, <laughs> using the it. moment it's happening. Realizing it. I love exactly. how tweet, tweet summary of that is that you're losing it and like it's using <laughs> it. No, using using, using it. it. Okay. You're using it. Well, <laughs> my bad. I mean, there must be something in it, right? Losing, using, same. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And it's a certain madness to become a writer. Yeah. Right? So I'm constantly told and now I realize they're correct. <laughs> How has it, has it been a help or a hindrance for you guys to have a sibling who also writes? For me, like there definitely was like something before, right? Because, and I don't know if this is true for every family, but in certain families, you can, only, you can be one thing and then the other person needs to be something else because somebody's already something like yeah okay somebody's already a writer so like yeah. what are you going to be on a certain thing yeah and then you use as kids you don't really or as younger people you don't really know that many things are allowed so you just go with it and you're like oh okay what else can I be so like I didn't want to go into advertising because sweet was there that kind of thing right and so I had to find like somewhere else to go um but I did try and fail miserably. Did you even want to get into advertising? Uh, no, but it just looked like so much fun. Just like right. she was traveling, they were going to Hong Kong, and I thought, that's nice. And there are not many options for like a literary, like a literature degree. Like, what do you do with a literature degree? Um, but you can be many things, apparently. But yeah, so, but it did 
it did cause some kind of like weirdness in the past i would say right yeah i But, mean for instance like i was when i was the one in advertising um uh, an art director came up to me and he said tweet are you really para serene i'm like what <laughs> Because he he was reading this literary magazine. I think it was the Graphic or what was that other one? Or and then um, he, Free Press, Free Press. And then he read a short story of Taras. So he thought there there cannot be two writers, you know, in a family. So tweet must be Tara also. And then at one point there was also um, I was invited to speak in was it yeah fully booked, and then. I was introduced as Twitara. <laughs> Who named the kids Twitara? <laughs> I know. So she was like reading this really impressive, you know, CV. I'm like, wow, am I all that? <laughs> It was Taras and my. She merged them. <laughs> Emerged. And I'm like, how did I even have the time to do that? <laughs> And then she said, "I I now present um, Twitara Shiri." <laughs> so like weird stuff like that. But have you guys discussed your writing between you? Like, is that something you even broach or no? Sometimes I have a harder time talking about my writing. Like, I'm okay. I have a harder time talking about what I've finished. Just in general. In general, yeah. And I I sometimes don't read published stuff because like right. that's done like okay yes. I don't I can't and I will keep revising like while I read <laughs> so, so I'd rather not but right. we have discussed some of your screenplays let's move on to that okay so you guys were both writing you had your day jobs or projects on the side and then suddenly you made the leap from the printed word and moved to screen So we sent it to a tita in the states, and we were like, we don't know how you're gonna get it to him. But she was like, we're gonna try, and we kind of forgot about. It. But it was like really a super fun letter because we were so in love with this movie, and she somehow got or my tito or my tita, well, like one of them, somehow got his address from the uh, Writers Guild of Uncle Jack. Jack. This, um, yeah, address from the Writers Guild of America, and he got our letter. And then he sent us a copy of the script, and we're like, "What? What? Super amazing!" So we have it. We still have it. He signed it, home. I presume, right? Yeah, we we wrote him asking for the the, the book. We said, "Is there like a, a a book version of this?" And then he said, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, but he said it's called a novelization when they turn a script into uh, a book." But he said, "I'm." Yeah. I am embarrassed to say that I haven't read it, so oh, I cannot recommend it. Okay. But he said, so, you know, while you're tracking down the book, in the right. meantime, here's the final draft. <gasps> the of script. the script. Super wild, like, 
we were screaming as if we won the Oscars that day. And yes. Oh my so there's God. always been, for me at least, some kind of curiosity That's, and interest. Like, what does it take to make something like this? Although Tweet pursued it. What did you guys do with that copy? Script? I presume it was one copy, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's there. It's at home. It's oh, with okay. you guys. It's here with me. It's there. Yeah. Wow. So we just look at it. <laughs> Every, th- every time I, I start to write a screenplay, I bring it out and I put it on the desk beside me. Honestly, I left advertising because I wanted to make films. I stumbled into the book writing. I did not intend, well, not consciously when I was an adult. Like, okay, I, I refer to Tara saying that you, like in a family, you feel like you can stay in your lane and there's just one lane. And I felt like, she had she was like the literary person you know and i was like in advertising and media and you know whatever and then because i wasn't going to like the right the writing workshops the literary i didn't have those mentors right so i didn't think that i was going to write a book it was really films that mm-hmm. i wanted to pursue so i was writing films i was writing short story i mean um full length scripts and then um, it was because of that, I think, by, you know, when, when Tara was um, editor of Summit Books, she wanted me to write a book. And I said, I don't know how to do that. And then she said, yes, you do. She, she was insisting that I could. And I said, no, I don't know. She said, you've, you've written so many scripts. It's the same thing. It's long form. So only when she said that, I was like, I'll just try to do that. But I wasn't, it, it wasn't books. It was always for me um, scripts. So I was more comfortable with the form than than with books so yeah you you want to take it from here bye so about this script so now we're <laughs> gonna jump to this script so one day michelle barreto my friend um and um, mentor but she doesn't know she's my mentor um <laughs> i just trail her around <laughs> she, um she calls and says hey, I've got like a friend who is back in town and she's like working with you and looking for writers to to do something, like write something with. And she said, like, can I give your names, you and Tweet? Because like she'd met Tweet before um, and, and knew that Tweet was writing scripts. So we were, I was like, okay, sure. Like we weren't even sure what it was going to be. But then when we got on a call with Colleen Bistan uh, Takahashi, she was the person from View, but when which Michelle, is a streaming service. Yes, right. When Michelle, when Michelle first told me, she told me that Colleen had just left Marvel and then that she had just joined View. So it was like, wow, big deal. Let's let's go talk to her, and she wanted to work on a project. Um, when she told us what her project was, they kind of freaked out a little bit because. We had just super got gotten super super into K drama, like me much longer than Tweet, and that that was the year like we were all like losing it over K drama. So that's how it started. That was a uh, August or September twenty twenty one, and the yeah. show is called K Love, which is about. Would you like to tell us what it's about? It's about a group of Filipinos who are bonded because of their common love for K drama. In the world of K-drama, love conquers all is not an outdated cliche. Jay, Trish. Like how it has, you know, changed them. And it's really about K-dramas and K-culture. And they just go nuts about it. That it, it just changes their lives. 
So we're like, oh, that's our story, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> we can we can write that because that's um that's us. It was it felt again it felt very natural and it was it felt easy because we knew these people. You know, the, these were our friends. These were the conversations that we were having with our friends with each other. We were already analyzing why we love K-drama and why it's blowing our minds. So we had very deep discussions about this and like really frothing at the mouth because, you know, of course we grew up with Hollywood, right? And we mm. thought that just Hollywood is just the thing. Again, like this fish in water, you don't, re- you don't realize that there is a way of, of telling a story and it's not the only way. Right. So it's not the only um, it's not the only reality. K-drama was presenting us with this whole different perspective. It's like, oh, my God. So it was like a, a really new thing. It was it, it was very exotic. I mean, it, it was something that I've never experienced before. So I just I just thought that there was this I never questioned the way Hollywood made the movies or told their stories. And then when I saw this and they repeated it in like various titles it wasn't just one series it was like several series and they had the same effect on me I was like it's just, what, what's happening here what's happening so when you vary your diet like if you're used to one thing and then you sort of expand then it's like mind-blowing right like oh my god this new thing and it's different and it's I, for me it's just that it's like you've been doing this one thing or like been living on this like entertainment one kind of entertainment diet and then all of a sudden you're introduced to new you know flavor profiles and you're like what the hell is this yeah. <laughs> how, how has it changed your craft then for me i fell in love with k-drama therapy <laughs> so i think so because i started during um, the pandemic and then right. i watched this k-drama my first one my very first one was uh I mean, gateway drug was crash landing on you. And I loved it because I was yeah. like, holy shit, this is so amazing. It was such a smart way of parsing out all the, the underlying like stories. And, you know, like, I mean, it's crash landing on you is, is borderline camp. But then it also tells you without beating you on the head with it about all of the anxieties between North and South and in a really sort of tender and very, I guess, what is the way to put loving way? <laughs> and the production values, it's like, what? So I was trying to convince a friend to watch it. I was like, no, you have to watch this. And he said, for me, it was really like, gosh, this is the TV show that I deserve to see. I don't know. It's just really inspired me. To, to put in more effort, like to put in the work. That's, I guess, how it's changing me craft-wise. Like, I need, I need to up my game. <laughs> did you get Tweet involved in the whole K-drama world? Or did you discover that separate to Tara? Okay, 2020 was when everybody was going nuts over Crash Landing on You. I had friends telling me, my cousin just like, you have to watch this. And I, and I just wasn't there. I really wasn't there. But then 2021, when my siblings were all at home after our, when, when our dad passed away, and it was a way for us to, to bond, you know, to do something together, to do something light. So 
Tara and another sister, Joff, our youngest sister. There are five of us. So there are four girls and one guy. And so Tara and Joff were telling me, it's time for Crash Landing on You. It's time for all of us to watch Crash Landing on You. So we all sat down. When I say all, it's just actually four sisters. So we sat down and we made a ritual of it, like a, a nightly ritual, watching one episode or two episodes of Crash Landing on You, depending on like how obsessed we were that time so we did crash landing on you and I, I loved it. it it was really it was really good but that wasn't that wasn't the thing that turned things around you know for me it was the second one it was startup which Tara and Joff also said oh, now you're ready for startup I'm like what does that even mean there's a progression uh, okay there's like a playlist we're gonna start with this and then we're gonna and I'm like oh yeah you know it was startup for me I knew I wanted to write for film. So if I was writing these full-length screenplays, right? And I never imagined I would want to write for TV. But when I watched this, I realized, shocks, I could I could write like this. I, this is what I want. It's somewhere in between. It's not like the Hollywood, you know, TV series where it just goes on and on forever. Like, you know, Grace Anatomy. It's like, how many seasons? It's Fleur de Luna. Or it's that mad, or my entire childhood, or or a movie like if you because when I I love a movie I don't want it to end but it ends like after two hours right so I think it's why I keep going back and watching it over and over because I want to stay in it it's like reading a thick book you know but and it's not thick enough so I'm like oh, I just want to stay in that world bah. so I keep and then K drama presented this format for me that was perfect because you could really stay and get to know these characters and like not feel rushed and it's 16 episodes and 20 episodes so for me it was perfect I was like oh my gosh this is yeah because you know it's gonna end (laughs) yes that's the thing about it it's like you know that there is an ending you know that there's they're not gonna do another season because ad infinitum parang you just you know that it's like a movie it's gonna end but it's not too short it's not just two hours you know it's a satisfying buffet (laughs) what do you think makes for you now when you look into what makes a story work what would you say it is Tara I think yeah for me it really works when there's um many layers of truth in it like for example um and it's in the details that puts it into like a very specific context but then there are many layers of truth like and I don't know how to explain this I don't quite have the vocabulary for cinema yet but when I was watching this tv series called 2521 there's a scene where they don't it's not even like it, it sort of just happens in the background where they donate gold like jewelry like all these Koreans were donating personal items made in gold to the government so that they could um, beef up their reserves. And this was during the Asian crisis. And it wasn't like a... They owed, they owed something to the, the IMF or something like that. But it was during the Asian crisis. And this was like something that was happening in in South Korea. But they didn't... It wasn't like the center. It wasn't the focus of the scene or the story. But it was just like something that got like dropped in there and then you knew so that it really felt like it was so specific to South Korea and it it was such an enriching kind of thing like 
oh my gosh, I know, I know this culture a lot more for having seen this, right, this series. So for me, I think I can't watch anything that's in a vacuum anymore, um, because there's so much like richness in the world. So I think otherwise it have it would have to be Neil Gaiman level world building kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's for me how oh my god. I want to know all these things. So if you watch like all the other dramas, there's a lot of that. Right. And when you say in a vacuum, it's more of those shows, let's say, that are suspended in, could be anywhere, but it's nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Is that could be of- any, yeah. Like, or like, could, yeah, could be, any, you're right, could be anywhere, but it's nowhere, or it's like cut and based and you can, like, transposable. Like, right. I can't, yeah, so... That's why I love Crash Landing on You so much. Like, where can you put that story? Nowhere. Just it's, there. It's funny though, no? Because there are a lot of shows now that are very international, but are very specific to where they come from. Because it's not just mm-hmm. the Korean shows. You have the Nordic yeah. ones as well. And then you've got the Spanish series. And they're very specific to where yeah. they come from. But then the stories somehow translate to a wider audience who are watching it really as outsiders and yeah. yet feel so close to what's going on in this series. But then at the same time, there was the success of shows that kind of hover in nowhere land, like the Virgin Rivers, where it's neither here nor there. It's like in this suspended world where everything is, you know, in a forest somewhere with a beautiful lake. <laughs> and it's, yeah. You know, it's supposed to be California, but looks nothing like it. And they never really mentioned California, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't even know it was California. <laughs> right? Yeah, they keep saying it's supposed I to be. I thought it was like Oregon or something. Los Angeles, like 45 yes. minutes from Los Angeles. Oh, I see. Yeah. I did enjoy the first season of Virgin River. So I think, yes, that has some appeal, but. It, it's different for me. Like things, little details like that really stick out for me. Right. Tweet? Yes. Um, it's really about context. Um, context for me is super important because that's when you feel the richness of the material. And I feel like, I, I feel like the maybe the writers or the the director and whoever's involved in it went through a process as well of for me it's really transformative stories you know transformational stories like i feel for me a good story is some is is something that like when i'm exposed to it i'm not the same at the end of it so i came into startup watching startup expecting certain things you know it's like ah, and then this is going to happen. This is going to, and then I realized, oh my God, they didn't do it that way. But that makes a lot of sense. So then I realized, oh, wow, I really was trained in a certain kind of storytelling where subconsciously I expect certain things already, which is why I'm not super surprised anymore by most of the stuff that that I've watched. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know this. A part of me knows it. But this one, I realized that I was really surprised. Like, I really didn't see many of the things, many of the plot points. Um, I, I didn't expect them, you know. So you kind of know, I, I think, I don't know, maybe because I was studying Hollywood films for such a long time, like really watching. And, right. you know, you, you kind of know, like, you know, b- before Jerry Maguire said, or Renee Zellweger said, you had me at hello. You know, the, the, the split second before she said, you had me at hello. I knew I was in the cinema. I said, you had me at hello. <laughs> 
you know, because it was planted in the beginning and then you kind of expect that. So there, those are the conventions already. And then and then after a while, you can guess, ah, oh, I guess who Kaiser Sozi was, you know, and in the usual suspects. And then you think, ah, oh, now I'm a good writer because I know I I see these things happening. But then you realize, I wow, palang you're, you're trained pala in a certain way. And so a lot of what I watched in K-drama, it was like, it was subverted. We know that you expect to go there because we all expect that this is, you know, how how the story is going, but but not really. And they're not doing it just to be different. That's right. Yeah, it's more culturally correct. So do you feel then what makes writing a living thing is really the fact that it should be subversive, that it should turn things on its head, that it should make people rethink maybe what they think they know? I think, yeah, I think it begins with the storytellers questioning what they think they know or what what they just being aware of what it is that they they believe or yeah, what they think they know, because we we, we take it for granted now. We take it for granted that things we say are true are not necessarily true anymore or not, you know, it was true for that era or it's mm-hmm. true in that culture or it's true for this age or it's true for this particular person or for this family, but not really, you know, when you put that person somewhere else, that's not. So truth can be cultural, diba? Right? <laughs> it is, it is, it is cultural. And when you say cultural, it's not just even Filipino culture. It's like, Every family has a culture and you don't question that. You don't question that, oh, you have to meet at a certain time or you 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 always have a reunion every time somebody has a birthday or you have, you don't ever mm. question any more of those things. Everybody has to be here, everybody. And then if you don't do that, you're not a good daughter or whatever. I don't know if I'm making sense. I, no, I got that. Did you want to add anything, Tara? No. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, after yes, because in a sense, okay, so you're kind, you're writing a Filipino story with K drama sensibilities. What's next then for you guys? Do you want to continue doing this type of story? Do you feel writers, and clearly from your professional careers, it shows that this is not the case. But should writers kind of find what works for them and stick to one genre, or keep challenging themselves and exploring other things? For me, it's essential to not feel like you need to do one thing because then doing other things will enrich all the other things that you do. So I kind of, I think it's way more fun to do things sideways, um, but also take time to dig, like to like dig deep and, you know, barrel down into something. But I don't think, or you should feel the need to stick to one. Right? I mean, do you? You're kind of doing like a larger leap from fiction to nonfiction, right? From news to fiction. Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> depends or is who there you a ask. leap? Shut I up. don't know. It depends who you ask because people now are basically saying news is fiction. So, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but, but, but yeah, yeah, to answer your question, no, I don't think writers should stick to one thing. And I think, um, yeah. Are you guys planning to do another series, another TV series, and keep working together? Has that been <laughs> beneficial for you guys? Have you enjoyed that experience? I did I did? It wasn't without its challenges, but I'll, I'll yeah. What do you think, Mike? We're actually in the process of figuring out 
how we're going to do this or what we want to do together or separately. Mm-hmm. How how has it worked then working together? Like, did you guys divide the scripts or divide the episodes? And then what was the communication like between you while you were writing? Like, did you feel the need to constantly go, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this here? Okay, so what are you going to be, you know, putting in yours? Or how did that work out? Okay, so there's the story. I'll I'll tell the story. When we were kids, we used to play baye baye. Okay, baye baye is a Surigaonam term for literally it's it means house house, but you're playing house. You know, we're not, house we're house. not house, house, so baye baye, we're down on. And what we did was we were like the, the gods of this small universe where we had all these bottles, you know, cologne, Johnson's baby powder bottles, like a Jergens lotion bottle. And then we would make um, cutouts of their clothes. You will make clothes out of um, paper, you know. Okay. And then we would build like their houses and their communities and all. So. Tara had her set of her stable of characters and I had my stable of characters. So I would make, we would be playing side by side, like in the same area, but I had my community here and she had her community there. So when, and then, but we would be, our characters would be entangled in one another's lives, you know? So like the, the Johnson, of course, of course, there were universal rules. Like the Johnson's baby powder was the male, the real male, and then the 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 Johnson's cologne. They were like shapely bottles. So they were the women. So they, they were blue, brown, and green. And Those were their names. Brown and green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were their actual names. <laughs> and so, our reference, a reference at that time was all these American soap operas that my grandmother was watching, Falcon Crest, yeah. Dynas, Dallas, of course, right? Yeah. So it was sensational like that. So those were our sensational stories. So it'd be like, oh, there has to be a mistress. There has to be an other woman. Jurgens was the mistress. Jurgens, yeah. Because she had like these Jergens, flared Jergens. hips. Right. Yeah. So she had these flared hips. So parang, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she the hoe. So we would be... Yeah. She was... Yeah. So we would be like, hey, do you want them to get married? Do you want my blue and your Johnsons to get married? Yes, again. So we had, we knew how to play with each other. So that when this happened, we were like, okay, so how do we do this? How do we write together? And then I said, wait, remember that time when we were playing this? Let's just do baye baye because I have my characters and she has her characters. Because what we did was we had option, we gave, Korean, the series creator, two options. So that um, so there's option one and option two. There were these two different characters, but then they chose characters from me and characters from Tara. So we're like, oh my god, how do we do this? Diba? So and that's when it came up. We were like, wow, we did this now before when we were kids. We we played by bye. So this is just the grown-up by bye. So it's like you each submitted a different pitch for what the series was going to be. Yes. Yes. But the concept was Colleen. Right. She had a concept of what she had the notion. I mean, she already had the concept of like a group of friends that are brought together by K-drama. And you guys hadn't discussed it between the two of you before submitting your own pitches for it. No, No. first we tried to brainstorm and it didn't work. We were trapped because Mm. of course, like why, you know, 
I had a different story in mind and she had a different story in mind. So we said, okay, then let's just submit the story, both of our stories so that we both feel heard. Right. But we won't say this is from T, this is from Tara. We just call it option one and option two. Right. And whatever it is that she chooses, that's what we're going to work on. So we thought we were clear. We were in the clear. But no. We said, I love this. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Frankenstein. Right. <laughs> I love this part. I love this part here. And I love these characters. And the characters are not, oh, wow, from option one and from option two. So we said, okay, how are we going to put these two things together? And that was by 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 became the the solution, yeah. That's but we brilliant. also had a lot of help from like right. other people in the writing writers room. So yeah. basically, the entire series was plotted out. So it was there was no like okay, what's gonna happen in this episode yeah. or what? Like we had all plot seven hour zooms. Yes. Only so right, and then and then we parted. That's when we like parted ways and then okay you write your episodes and then I'll write certain episodes but then there were two other people who would right. or three other people who would look at it and then there's Colleen Colleen who would then edit right. so it was it was a very interesting exercise I felt like in um, much less uh, solitary than writing a book isn't it oh yeah, yeah. Did, did you enjoy that part of it the relay part was yes. nice. Yeah. Yes. Rather than just a marathon, like the whole way by yourself and your thoughts, you could get a break because it was like your turn. <laughs> and then you could like take a breather. And then, so yeah. So the, the relay element was, I, I thought was really fun. Yeah. And it became easier, actually. It became a lot easier when we got over the, the initial hurdles because there was a lot of shorthand and we didn't have to dance around each other anymore and try to figure right. out, you know, what works for you or what works right. for me. Right. And then we could refer to, because we have shared history, like super long shared history, right? So I could just say, remember yeah, that long, person? Long, long. <laughs> remember that person? And then, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's this. And then this character is malang like that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was easy. The sister shorthand super helped. Definitely, definitely. I think it would have been a lot harder if it, th there wasn't that. Yeah. So what can we expect from you guys next? <gasps> I think there are no, at the moment, there are no concrete plans to do anything together because I think we've also done many things. We, we pursued careers in writing very separately, except for a few times like, for Wonder Girl, for example, like Tweet's book, like I was like editing the book and that was like one collaboration and then this one. So, but I think, I don't know, like I think Tweet has projects coming up and like I have my own as well. So I think, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> no, it's really up Stay there. tuned. Watch this space, shut up. <laughs> what would you say to young people who want to get into writing? Would you have any words of advice considering you both now have long careers with words as wordsmiths? With words. <sighs> Trust your desires. That's what's coming up. Just the, the, the desire to do something or the desire to write a particular story or it's, it's you know, it's super valid. It became clear with K-Love. 
I wanted to write a K-drama. And then oh, here it is, <laughs> you know, I didn't know how, how I was going to go about it. But I just had the, the desire. I said, I, I want to write something like this. And then I did go around looking for it, landed on my lap. So, yeah. Do you worry about the audience when you're writing? Yes. I sometimes it comes up and that's the work. The work right. is trying to, you know, transform that into, okay, it's not about that. Because if you go down that rabbit hole, it's hard. So I, I, I needed to keep bringing myself back to, if it works for me, if I find this funny, if I if I cry over the scene, if I'm crying in the scene, or if I'm laughing in the scene, then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cannot anticipate how anyone else is gonna react to my work. If that's that's gonna be really really hard if if you go if you go do that. So no, you just have to trust that if you're entertained by what you're writing, or if 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 it's teaching you something, then it it will have the same effect on someone other than you. Yeah. Tara. I'd say play, just play, play. And this is coming from the fact that I have a literary background and I thought like everything I needed to produce had to be sort of serious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the more you play and just even if it's a serious thing you want to write, then just, you know, be come at it from a play perspective, then, then you'll be fine. Who was that? Was the person who said serious art is serious play but yeah. that also goes through the way you live life right to not take it too seriously oh like yeah lose the sense of joy yeah and you know um we, lo- we lost our dad last year and he was somebody who really knew how to have a sense of play in in life and so i think that just accelerated sort of my my desire to just like do more of this and just uh, yeah play you know, because what else is there to do? Let the blessings in. Not just for happy endings, but also for new beginnings. I hope you enjoyed this longer-than-usual episode of About That with the Sering Sisters. As always, thank you for your time and support and for joining me on this exploration of storytelling.